0: Having those small moments of connection can be incredibly helpful, and it's a signal to somebody that I notice you. I'm, I'm, I'm noticing you, and I'm choosing to share a part of myself with you, and that is often the root of a healthy friendship.
1: Hey, guys. It's Carly.
0: I'm sorry.
1: I, just, I just almost burped. <laughs>
0: no, please keep that.
1: <laughs> and this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All, and excuse me.
2: Oh my gosh. I'm excited about today's episode. We have Dr. Miriam Kermeyer today. She's a clinical psychologist and friendship expert. I feel like our friendship has changed just from being like busy yes. and living on the other side of the country and families and life and all of the things. And gosh, I mean, think about like when we first got off The Bachelor and we were like, living together and then like exploring the world together. And then you met Tanner and then life changes. It's changed, changed a lot. And I feel like even some of my friendships, I mean, friendship changes anyway, but as a mom, how do you keep those friendships? Are you supposed to keep those friendships? Do are some friendships just meant to be like, what they were in the time that you had them, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know the answer to that. I was thinking about that a lot because we've had like a bunch of people come into town and one of my friends came in town, my friend Heather. And I feel like this sounds so crazy, but Heather and I haven't had like that much alone time as in people, as people in life in general. And then as moms, when she became a mom, we haven't, we've barely seen each other. And then I became a mom, we've barely seen each other. So then she came into town and it was like, oh my gosh, like what is life even? Yeah. It's so different than where you started. And like, I don't know. It's just really, it's very interesting the older you get trying to navigate what what that means.
1: Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Like when, when do you know when to let go of a friendship or when to put more effort into a friendship? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when to be a little bit more giving into it because friendships are, they're just like a relationship like anything else. Like you have to get, you have to give and to, in order to get, and you know what I mean? Like it's, it's a two way street and it's a, it's a relationship and you have to be somebody who's willing to, to, to put in effort. Yeah. And so it's like, when do you know that a a friendship is over, you know, and to have peace with that and closure with that? Or when do you know, like, maybe it's just going through a season and your friendship in a couple more years when your lives are a little bit, maybe like aligning more, like maybe that friendship blossoms back into something like, Closer, like it used to be. You know, how do you know? How do you know? And then I don't know. I was gonna say, and then how do you? How in the heck do you make new friends as an adult, especially a mom? I have no idea. I don't, and do you need them? Yes. I don't know. yes. You you know, I know like
2: because it's sometimes I just feel like I am at capacity with trying to keep up with true. the little friends that I do have. True. Like sometimes the message on my phone, just, I sit on it for months and I'm like, I've got to get back to her. I've got to get back to her. And then I just, it's not that I don't want to, I would love to, but then I think, then I get another, then the text, like where did, then I might have to phone call and like, I don't have time for that right now, but is there ever time for that anymore? I don't know the answers. That's why we're going to ask her. (laughs) It's just kind of sad. It's a hard, it is a hard thing to navigate. It's a confusing,
1: confusing, hard thing, I say. Yeah. I definitely think we're built for other relationships. You know, I think we're built to have connection. And so, but it's just that the modern world requires a lot of us. And I feel like we're all yeah. burnt, we're all burnt out. So it's just so hard. How do you maintain relationships? How do you be – how do you still remain a good friend even though you're setting boundaries for yourself, you know? Yeah. Well, I'm
2: super, super excited to talk to her because, I mean, we – I feel like we've just listed like 20 questions. We'll just play 20 questions with her.
1: Yeah. I feel like this isn't something that gets talked about enough is just friendships in general and how to navigate through any part of a relationship with a friend, you know? Yeah. We do – we do about marriage, we do about dating, but we just like, I feel like friendships end abruptly and we never really talk about them again type of thing. So I'm really interested to to hear all of her knowledge and advice and we can ask her all of our own personal questions because yeah, I, I have I, some.
2: <laughs> same, okay, well, we're gonna connect with Dr. Kermeyer, but first let's uh, hear from some of our sponsors. Hello, Dr. Kermeyer. We're so excited to have you on. We have, we were just talking, we have so many friendship questions <laughs> because as moms and as women, I mean, just getting older, friendships change so much. And we were just talking about like, when do you know, like to give more effort or when is it time to move on from a friendship? All of the questions that I feel like I ask myself every single day but you know the answers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am so glad to be here and the questions that you're talking about absolutely resonate personally and professionally. I have to say as a mom myself, I you know, I've been there and I think so many of us can relate to these questions about how do we meet new friends? How do we sustain those connections especially when life gets busy and we feel torn in a million directions? And how do we know when it's time to let go? And there aren't great answers available, and that's a big part of why I kind of went into this field to try and share this kind of guidance. Yeah.
2: Let's first, I guess I have the question of if you have like a friend that's been your friend for forever and life gets in the way. And then like, you feel like you can't give effort. They can't give effort. And then the time that you like even get together, it's just weird. And like, it's not what it was before.
0: What does that mean? Yeah. It can mean a lot of different things. You know, one of the big questions that I always like to think about and encourage clients to think about is, are both people on the same page? Because if both people are picking up on this awkwardness or this felt distance or feel like things have changed, then that's a really good indicator that the friendship has potential and that you might be able to move through this, move past it, find new ways to connect. What really gets us into trouble and can create a lot of heartache is when one person is Feeling that distance and wanting to kind of hang on to the friendship, and the other person has checked out emotionally. Not to say that those situations can't be worked through either, as well, but it takes on a different feel and a different flavor for sure. One of the things that I like to kind of encourage and think about is can we talk about the elephant in the room? Can we? No, address? it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's really hard, but we wouldn't hesitate. In the same way, if this were a romantic relationship, if we were dating somebody, if we were in a committed relationship, and we felt like things were weird, and we were no longer on the same page or in the same place, we'd probably label it It would be hard, wouldn't be easy, it would be uncomfortable, but we wouldn't have that same resistance. And for a number of reasons, when it comes to our friendships, we totally shy away from Mm -hmm. having those kinds of direct conversations.
2: So, how do you even start? You just say like, "Hey, this feels weird." Do you feel that? Like, without offending someone, because if they're not feeling, look, if they're not feeling that way, and you are, then you don't want to like.
0: Yeah, you did something really, really important there and really helpful, which is to invite the other person into the conversation, as opposed to having a long laundry list of all the things that you've noticed and making it feel very much like a tirade or or a lecture. We really want to kind of encourage collaboration. And a conversation. So saying, you know, here are a few things I've noticed and being specific, not going overboard with examples, but a few specific concrete ones can be helpful. What do you think? Have you noticed this? Why do you think this might be going on? Where can we go from here? Those types of questions can be really helpful at contributing to a healthy conversation that hopefully can reduce some of the awkwardness. Because as hard as those conversations are, it's a lot more difficult to sit in that uncertainty.
2: Yeah. You're so right though. Like in a romantic relationship, I feel like when you start feeling like the weird feelings, that's like when you know like, oh gosh, is the relationship coming to an end? Like the girls, I feel like I'd always be like, something weird is going on here. And that's usually when the guy was like, I'm just about to break up with you. You know what I mean? But like, it is like, it's the same kind of like, tense, weird feeling, but you usually do end up talking about it. And I do feel like sometimes in friendships, you don't want to rock a boat or you don't want to offend someone or you're like, well, they're just my friend. I don't have to like, I don't see them all the time. I'm not living with them. I'm not married to them. So I'll just like keep it at bay and just let it be what it is.
1: I'm that way. I have a hard time. Like, I mean, with my husband, like we don't shy away from like a argument or a discussion when we don't agree or we're not on the same page. But like with friendships, I find the confrontation very hard. You know, I don't. Yeah. I, I, we, I
2: But Jade and I don't. We avoid.
1: Each, I would avoid. Yeah. I am such an avoider. Like if I had a confrontation with a friend that or something that I needed that I wanted to address, it's hard for me. And then it ends up being very awkward and...
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're so not alone in, in again, feeling that awkwardness and noticing that difference when it comes to our friendships versus our relationships. And I think it's really interesting sometimes for us to take a look at why. What is that reservation or hesitation about? Is it about you know, not wanting to offend somebody, rock the boat as you're speaking, as you're saying, is there this fear of if I say something, the friendship will come to an end, or it'll just be even more awkward. Or, you know, we can't forget about group dynamics too. Very often, we have one conflict or issue with one friend, but it's happening in the context of a larger friend group. And so we really don't want to start things then. But again, usually the things that aren't being spoken about are those that are causing the most conflict. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs)
2: and <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in, so, in so many ways I can think of so many friendships with just with different people that I'm like oh yeah like that friend is friends with this family that we're really close to or that friend is in like bachelor world and that's a whole family and this friend and like it's, there's just so many little groups yeah, it's like a mar- you divorce someone and then like, who are your friends?
0: Yeah. You're also kind of touching on something in that though, which is that our friendships are different from our other relationships, right? It's very easy for me to draw these parallels between our romantic relationships and our friendships, but we we tend to see our friendships as slightly more disposable. I can make a new friend, right? And that type of thinking even though there's some truth to it, it can be really damaging because it leads that's us for to sure let sad. go of yeah, yeah, it could be really true. sad. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not always the case, but that that mentality that our friendships are disposable is something that is really present for many people.
2: Yeah. People get divorced because usually there's something better out there or just even the idea of that. And I think even with friendships, it's like, let's say you have like this older friend group and then there's like a new cooler friend group. Like, I feel like it's like, whatever, I don't need them. These people are super cool. And like, you don't it's almost like a temporary high or something.
0: Yeah. It's so it's so interesting what you're saying because I think there there's a fine line. Our friendships are so connected to our mental health and our well-being and mm-hmm. I mean we can get into any and all of that. So yeah. because of that, it's super important that we are intentional with who we choose to let into our lives and who yeah. we stay connected to. And we should really feel in our friendships that we have that choice to stay connected yeah. or not. But that's a very different space mentally than this you know, checking out, ghosting, social climbing experience that you're describing. And for many people, it can be hard to suss that out. Where Where is that line for me between being intentional and really choosing to surround myself with people that fill me up versus the people that I think I should stay connected to, or I have to stay connected to, or I feel pressure to connect with for whatever external reason. Mm-hmm. That can be really difficult to to figure out.
1: Yeah.
2: Mental health wise. I find sometimes with friendships, especially if you have many, I get super stressed feeling like I can't give enough. I feel like I'm already at capacity with my family, on my phone, with my work, with I get a call and I'm like, no, like, oh, gosh, like I can't have an hour long conversation Mm -hmm. with you, even though you're my friend. How do you... How do you get past that or or maybe find the time to do that without stressing that you don't have it right now?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean you're you're touching on something that's very real for so many people, which is that our friendships are an investment of our time, of our energy of our emotional energy. And so we only have so much of ourselves to give. And it's really normal that we get to a certain point, especially as moms, where you just feel totally tapped out, right? As you're saying, Jade. I mean, we're taking care of our kids. We're taking care of our partners, our families. Some of us are taking care of aging parents. Our careers—it's mm-hmm. a lot, and you know where do we fit into all of that? As right. we know, we're often the last person on on this list, and so very often when we're feeling feelings of exhaustion or burnout or even resentment, it can sometimes bleed yeah. into resentment. I don't yeah. want to have to deal with this right now. Why are they always yeah. calling me? Right when we get to <laughs> that when we get to that place, very often it's a sign that we aren't doing enough for ourselves. Whether that means taking mm. time for ourselves. Whether that means setting boundaries with a friend. And in order to do that, it really requires us to challenge the narrative that we are responsible for other people's well-being Mm. and that we should be the one to fix our friends' problems. There's a very big difference between showing up because we want to and because we're able to. Versus because we feel like we have to or we should. Yeah.
2: On the other side of this, we have so many women, especially in our Mommy Stall Facebook group, that feel alone. They don't have a lot of friends. How do we, as moms who, like we said, are kind of in burnout land, but we're trying to get out of that? Like, I know the first step is saying, I'm lonely, I would like a friend. How do we do that? What, what's like the steps you can take to even like find new friends?
1: How do you approach somebody and be like, you know, when you're in kindergarten, it's so easy. You're like, hi, I want to be my friend. And you just There's like like no fear. You just Grab hands and you skip out to the playground and you're besties. As an adult, it's so hard. I'm like, I don't even know how to approach you and say like, hey, I like your vibe. I think we'd be cool if we hung out, want to hang out. Like I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Is that what we do? Is that what we say? Please like me. Please like me.
0: <laughs> it is so hard. It can be so uncomfortable. It makes us feel incredibly vulnerable. And I have to tell you, this question that you're raising, Jade, of, well, what the heck do I say to somebody that I want to be friends with? And what does that sound like as an adult? Because I know what that sounded like when I was six, right? Right. All of us are thinking that. And so few of us take that step of putting ourselves out there and being direct in that way. And one of the themes that I've noticed in my work on friendship is, Saying what you just said actually works quite well. Being open, hey, you know, I really love that conversation we just had on the playground, and I really felt like we connected. And I'm, you know, looking for new moms to get together with and have playmates with or go for a walk with. Would you be open to it? That kind of directness can be incredibly disarming. It is really difficult to do.
1: Yeah, the rejection sounds crushing. I like feel, my heart. I like, <laughs> they rejected me, if like, can we exchange numbers? And they said no. I would like die. Yes. <laughs> I don't think anyone would ever say no to you, (laughs) James. Thank you, that's very nice.
0: That fear is really present. So that's why making friends is a two-part process. The first question is, where do I meet these people? How do I approach them? How do I get a friendship off the ground? But the second piece that's equally important is how do I move through some of those fears and anxieties that inevitably show up? And that's a very personal process. And so I actually think for many people, that's a good place to start, challenging those assumptions that I have nothing to give, Uh, the extent to which we actually overestimate our chances of being rejected very often. We're not great at recognizing when people are actually interested in becoming friends with us. So the more we can keep that in mind, the better off we are and the easier it is to then embrace that vulnerability. And then that question of, well, where and how playgrounds are great places, although obviously that's more difficult now that a lot of people are keeping their distance. There are apps and online communities specifically designed for new moms so that you can connect with other people who are going through a similar experience because we know in friendship that similarity is often a starting point for connection. So we can actually use that to our advantage because we know, okay, this is a person who's going through a similar life stage as me, a similar life experience. Can I highlight one of our similarities right now? Can I point out that, oh, Wow, our children are the same age. And are you going through potty training right now? And what the heck's that like for you? How much are you sleeping? And and how exhausted are you? Right. Having those small moments of connection can be incredibly helpful. And it's a signal to somebody that I notice you. I'm 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 noticing you and I'm choosing to share a part of myself with you. And that is often the root of a healthy friendship.
1: Yeah, I like personally. I can think of, like, moments where, like, I've been, like, craving friendships because I I moved two years ago to a new area. We don't really know a lot of people. And then pandemic. But I remember there's, like, been instances where I was at the playground and I would see other mommies, like, connecting with each other. And I would just be so envious. But I was terrified to ever even put myself out there. Like, I was like, I don't even know how to have a conversation, how to start or to, like, you know, and then I'd see them, like, exchanging numbers. And I'm like... I suck, (laughs) you know, like how do I like how, how, but it's, it is, it's a, it's a vulnerability thing for me that I'm just so scared to maybe have somebody see like my messiness, you know, like the inside of who I am, you know, like the inside of my life and that it's not this like, especially us, we have a social media presence. We have these like picture perfect Instagram lives, but I really crave intimate connections with other people you know, with other people. I want to have those friendships. It's just so, it's so hard. As
0: as an adult, it's just so hard. Well, and I think that so many people can relate to what you're saying right now because especially... In motherhood right now and with social media, there is this pressure, which you're, you're talking about, you're labeling it, right? And influencer or not, people experience that pressure. To yeah, please don't judge me, day. like
1: whatever it is, you know,
0: like. Yeah, yeah, to be seen as a good mom, a creative mom, a fun mom. There's so much pressure there that people really feel compelled to put forth this image of perfection. And the problem is that that does us very little, uh, service when it comes to making friends because Again, the healthiest friendships are those based on true self-disclosure and authenticity. And if we're not being our authentic selves and if we're not sharing what's really going on behind the scenes, the messiness and all, it's really hard to feel seen and to make those connections. So I, I, I suspect that a lot of people will actually relate to that pressure.
1: You have a lot of tips on your Instagram and stuff that I've I've browsed through. That's how I found you. I found you on Instagram and I was oh, like, oh my cool. God, I need these answers. <laughs> But you give so much insight and tips on your Instagram. Where can everybody find you to, um, if they have interest in learning more about how they can be a better friend, how they can find friendships? Um, You give therapy or?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for asking. So I definitely have my clinical practice where I see individuals and couples and friends together. So friend therapy is a big thing that's Getting increasingly popular and with good reason. So that's one of the things that I specialize in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. we can definitely talk more about that if you're interested. But that, as a licensed psychologist, I'm only able to see clients where I'm licensed, which is in Canada. And so that's a big part of why I started the Instagram community and a lot of uh, my knowledge transfer work and my writing and speaking is to make this information accessible. Because there are, again, not great resources available for navigating adult friendships. So if people are interested, they can definitely connect. On Instagram, uh, my handle there is at Miriam Kermeyer. I also have my website, miriamkermeyer.com, and I have lots of free resources there too in terms of articles and interviews on all of it, making friends, supporting friends, ending friendships. So yeah, always happy to, to talk more about this. So
2: great. Thank you so, so much for being on today. This is so eye-opening. I know Jay and I were like, just like, we couldn't stop even at talking about like questions. We were just like, question, question, question. Before you came on, we're like, we have so many questions. Oh my gosh, we can't stop. Awesome.
0: Happy (laughs) to do this again in any way. I always love doing Q and A's and stuff. So definitely, uh, yeah, keep in touch and we can always do this again.
2: We really appreciate you. You're so welcome. Thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Well, that was informational. I also feel like a challenge. I almost feel like challenge to now like talk about stuff like but then the fear tells me don't do it. Don't do it. But like she's right. I mean, it's like any type of therapy you go to. Something doesn't get better unless you talk about it. But I do feel like it's just like, you know, it's like the elephant in the room. Like, do you want to do it or do not? I don't know. Sometimes I don't
1: know. Yeah, I do think it is kind of scary to communicate with your friends if you're like afraid to hurt their feelings, you know, or Mm, or be just very like real and honest about what you're feeling. It's just it's just it's a hard thing. But ultimately, if you value the relationship, you kind of have to go through it. And I think that's kind of what you just tell somebody, like, I love you. Like, I value what we have. But this is something that I really got to talk about, you know. Right, but and also, right. also <laughs> being vulnerable to and open to putting yourself out there to make new friends—that's my—that's my, yes, that's my totally. problem. Yeah, I really feel like I couldn't even handle like one more
2: friend. I can't. I don't have. I can't give to one more person right now. That's kind of, I feel like I'm at max.
1: I feel so envious of that almost because sometimes I'm like, there's something that I really want to tell somebody and like, you're usually my person, but sometimes there's like things where I'm like, I don't know if Carly would understand this. And I'm like, but I have, like, I don't feel like I have that person. You know, like I don't have like somebody else, like besides you maybe like to go to and my mom. And so I I tell
2: my mom. Yeah, my mom's like my,
1: but then later I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have told my mom that. Right. There are some things that are just not like appropriate. Mom
2: appropriate
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally. speaking of um,
2: moms though we have to also do our good yes. bad moms okay let's jump into that what? bad mom good mom oh my gosh I have oh gosh this has been I have like just I've been saving this one I guess but um, I feel <laughs> like, I just feel like the worst mom lately like I just
1: oh no. no
2: I do I feel like and it's not like I'm not, tr- I'm trying to be a good mom, but like, I just, I just feel like it's half of it's not even my fault. Charlie has a huge goose egg on his head from the other day. He, I was cleaning because, uh, my family was in town for a week and when they left, I was vacuuming and I moved the chairs out from under the table, and Charlie was just like, we have, like, four stairs, basically, and it's, like, the main room's all one room, but, like, the bottom goes into the dining room that goes into the kitchen, so there's two steps for each one. Gotcha. So he's totally fine with the steps now, but he, like, walked up the steps and then just, like, fell into a chair. Oh, and no. And the chair was, like, but, like, it was so weird because they had rough housed all week. You know what I mean? Like, the the injury should have come when they were roughhousing and the injury came when it was just like, I was right there. I was vacuuming. I watched the whole thing go down and I was just like, oh my gosh, like, oh, like I shouldn't have put that chair there. Not, you know, it was so dumb. And this, I was like almost waiting for this like goose egg to like explode. It was so big. Then I was like cussing like at myself. I was like, you know, and then Bella was right there and I was like, oh my gosh, stop cussing. Like, then she's going to know what that means. You know, she repeats everything I say. And I was like, oh, my gosh, you have to stop cussing. But I was freaking out. You know, I was like, oh, my gosh, like Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. I was like trying to put ice on his head and he was just screaming. He didn't want the ice and all the things. And then last night I we have like this jump house and it was outside, but it was it's just been too hot outside. So I moved it inside and I moved Charlie's crib into Bella's room. So now the bounce house is just like the one thing in Charlie's room. And we were about to go to bed and Charlie had like from what the day before, two days before, I don't know, this huge goose egg and still hasn't healed. It still looks like his forehead is protruding out of his forehead. And then Bella had just turned the bounce house off and he was still in it. So he, <laughs> it started deflating and he f- fell into the wall and hit his head on the other side of his forehead. So then he got this other goose egg, on the other side of his forehead and this other bruise right before he went to bed, which he never did actually go to bed, but it was just like, I just felt like such a bad mom because even when Bella was like turning off the thing, Charlie had just jumped in it. So there wasn't even time to be like, Charlie, get out. Like it happened. So fa- both of the things happened so fast, but in that moment I felt so helpless and I know it wasn't my fault, but I just felt like the crappiest mom because my kid has like this bashed up, banged up forehead and, No, it's not my fault, but it feels like my fault.
1: I get that because it's so hard. Like we try to keep our children as safe as possible as moms, you know, like that's our goal. You know, like that's kind of our responsibility. Our goal is like to protect our children and keep them safe. But there's stuff that just happens over like freak accidents, you know, or the things that we can't prevent. But it's still hard not to feel like, God, like if only I hadn't done this or if only, you know what I mean? Like if only like I had push that chair in or whatever. You know. know, It's, it's, yeah, it's hard, but definitely, and you know, it's definitely not your fault even if you've, I know, but I still, it just
2: makes me so sad, Mm -hmm. you know, like uh, all the, oh, and then Bella, uh, like, she has like a big thing on her chin, now this gash on her chin and that was kind of my fault because I was wrapping her in a towel and she was like snug as a bug in a rug after a, bath and then I was putting her on the couch and there was lightning and so she moved but she couldn't get out so then she was like so wrapped up tight that she just whacked herself on the (laughs) on the windowsill and
1: then she's like mom and then I was like oh my god like not again like my
2: poor kids
0: faces oh yeah
1: my kids get hurt like 30 times a day (laughs) it's like
0: so sad (laughs) it's so sad
1: somebody was over the other day I can't remember some like person it's like business or I don't know who was here and some I think Brooks fell down and they were like all concerned I was like it happens like 30 times a day (laughs) 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 this will be fine (laughs) in two minutes (laughs) oh
2: gosh okay what's yours tell me it's a good mom moment
1: oh god
2: good mom moments no it's okay you can do a bad mom too I was trying to end this positively (laughs) but we can still end up positively
1: I actually want to talk about this one because I wanted to talk about this one in a previous episode um, but it's not. It's a. It's a. It's a bad wife one. Oh gosh. Okay. But I just want to know what you think about this because okay. there's conflicting opinions. And, Let
2: me be the judge. Let me get out my in my household. What is that thing called? The gavel. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> I've
2: I've got it out.
1: Okay. So I have been asking for this since like I don't know since Brooks was born. But I almost actually did this for my birthday, and then I got sick when Brooks was like five, six months. But all like I've been really asking for lately is because I've been so burnt out, is I just want and I know this isn't possible right now because Reed isn't sleeping through the night. But once he is, is I just like I tell T- Tanner all the time, I'm like the one thing that I want, like if you want to make me feel loved or you want to do something nice for me is I really just need to book a hotel, go there by myself. I just want yes. to yes. order or maybe go to the yes, restaurant. Do it. Do yeah. it order- do it. <laughs> oh, yeah order into my room sit and like sit in the bed by myself eat a whole yeah, meal and eat a whole yeah. meal in silence with nobody inter- interrupting me watch whatever I want on TV and sleep take a benadryl or something and sleep 12 hours yeah. you know yeah and I've asked them yeah. asked him about this several times and it's always been talked about but we've never really done it and then the other day we were kind of having this like discussion or kind of argument. And he told me that he think that he brought it up, and he was like, "It just really hurts my feelings when you say that." And I'm like, "But no, I like actually really want that, and I like I really feel like for myself I need it. But for him, he felt it was like me rejecting him or my family that like I felt like I needed to get away.
2: No, he can go. No, this is where I
1: let me. Am I bad? Am I a
2: bad? Am I bad for wanting that? No, no. If he gets to go on his little, okay, so you fill up by like solitude, like you need to fill up that way. He fills up by going on his little golf trips Mm -hmm. with his buddies. So it's the same thing. Right. You know, if he gets to go do that for the weekend and you just want a night to be able to relax and do your, like- how are you supposed to give without being full? Like if that's the way you fill up, it has nothing to do with not like wanting to be with them. If it was easier and like they and you could sleep and you could like have time for and you could take a bath and all the things, then you would be with them. But that's just not the ages that are there right now.
1: Right. And I. I. It is kind of like a fill my cup thing. Like in order for me to like function, I really just, which I don't, I haven't had this moment, but like it just sounds like the most like divine thing that anybody could give me right now is just to give me this like, you take the kids. I'm going to just go down to the like hotel five minutes away. I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a massage. I'm going to do the spa. And, but he like. Yeah, you need to do it. I think maybe it seems like, a little bit like jealous like he he's not invited like oh I want to go do those things with you but I don't want I, I don't know I don't want to I don't want anybody right <laughs> I well because then
2: on- it would be like let's have sex let's like yes. t- you know like it would be like things that not that you don't want sex but like you don't need <laughs> to you don't want to expand s- expend your energy you want to fill up on energy I don't you want don't to give your energy no. away at all like you need a day to fill And I think I don't want to give to anybody but myself. Yeah. I think every mom out there right now is like, you go, girl. And I think if, you know, I don't know. I I know that Tanner takes trips and does things with the guys. And I feel like it would be the same as you going for a weekend with the girls. But like, you're your girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. Your best friend's looking at you in the mirror. You're just hanging out with your best friend.
1: Think of it that um, way. That's true. Yeah. I guess I was just really surprised when he was like, it really hurts my feelings when you talk about that because we like joke about it sometimes. I'm like, I'm just going to go book that hotel. But like, I'm seriously going to go book that hotel.
2: I think you should. I think you should do it. And I, I get that he's I get it. But I it's not that. You know, like it's like when you're sitting in therapy and you're like, I get where you're coming from, but that's not actually what it is.
1: Yeah. It's not that I don't want my family. Like, obviously, I'm here every day putting into this family. I just. And it's just I feel like it's a season because I feel like
2: or maybe maybe it's not because I don't know what it's like to have older kids. But like, you know, when Bella and Charlie are in high school and able to take care of most of the things themselves, I don't. I probably wouldn't need to f- the feeling of getting away so much, you know what I mean, or like trying to refill myself because I'd have the time for myself because they could do things for themselves. But you're doing everything for everyone, including Tanner.
1: So, like, you also need you time. I'm honestly deeply, severely sleep deprived.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can uh, imagine. So- I, I don't know how I. I like- could- Fantasize Two about is sleep. Like, un- unbelievable! I can't imagine three. Yeah, I can't. I mean, there and there's women out there right now. They're like, I have five. Like, oh my god, <laughs> I have seven.
1: Oh my gosh, how do you do it? I have no idea. You are a hero, or like an atypical kid. You know, like a kid with special needs. Or yes, whatever you like th- you guys th- are heroes like
2: that. Yeah. Yeah. So the answer is, go do it. Yeah, I I say, <laughs> do it now do it tonight
1: <laughs> hey tanner i just checked into a hotel bye where'd, bye. You, where'd you go <laughs> oh i don't yeah I, love, gone to my... I I packed my bag i left
2: well you guys please also um send us some of your good mom bad mom they can be funny too like anything funny that yeah because we want to read them <laughs> on here because we think they're great even when they're sad, they're still great because we're all like, yes, I feel that. You Solidarity. Know I mean? Yes. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Remember to follow us and catch up on old episodes wherever you listen to podcasts. You guys are the best. We really, really, really appreciate you. We
0: love you and we'll see you next week. Bye.